Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and telehealth, thoughts and insights. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, Take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay. um, I've been doing Attention Talk Radio now, geez, 13 years I think it is. Uh, We've had lots of shows out there, some format. Today's going to be a little bit different. And it's going to be actually a lot shorter than I normally do some things. Because of COVID and the pandemic, in fact, we weren't able to get together, there was a need for um, a lot of uh, changes, change of mindsets. Uh, Screen sharing, Zoom really kind of came into prominence. Uh, Microsoft Teams where we're collaborating with people. And also the notion of telehealth. And I wanted to share just some thoughts on this. Based off of my experience, I tend to be a big conceptual thinker and like to take a look at bigger, kind of a top-down way of looking at it. And I felt the need to come in and share my thoughts and what I know for those people who are like kind of looking at telehealth and thinking their way through this. So I'm going to share with you some of my thoughts and some of my opinions, but I, I don't want you necessarily to say I, I, that I'm right. Um, the purpose of this show is really to facilitate uh, your thinking process for you to make what would be hopefully an informed choice on your side. The first thing I really want to talk about is basically the diagnostic process. And, and I, I learned this a lot from uh, some interviews I did with Dr. Sarah Shayette. When you think about it, you go to the doctor and if they're going to make a diagnosis, they rely on kind of three things. One, 
a history given to them by the patient. Like, you know, when did this start hurting and when didn't really appear? And then typically that's followed up by some type of office exam. And often there's tests that are involved. Uh, you might go get an EKG. You might get some blood work drawn. You might go and get an X-ray or an MRI or any number of things. Tests are particularly um, useful in making diagnosis um, when we understand the underlying bi biology or the condition or something. So, you know, you might go to the doctor, um, say that you haven't been feeling very good, and they you, they stick that little thing down your throat. They take a look at the back of it, and they might run um, a, a test for strep throat. Um, we understand that it comes back. It's positive, a penicillin to kind of get you back um, to normal. In the behavioral area that ADHD falls and other disorders, that not caused by like a single biological anomaly or whatever, it's a, it's, a, it's a different process, a little bit more complicated. Ideally, we'd really like it to be the same as more physical ailments, but instead um, what happens is a, a doctor will sit down and question the individual about the history. What's been going on? Where has that been? And then typically the exam is a review of your history to understand what's really going on, the dynamics that might be there to understand things. Understand is that as they do this, they identify symptoms of what's going on. And there's literally all kinds of different things that cause the symptoms. But when they get the symptoms together, what they begin to do is categorize them into groups of some sort. And then what they do is they make a diagnosis, a label on top of it. Now, the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistics Manual, is really kind of a guideline for that, but it's not a be-all, end-all. But what I really want to draw from this is that when somebody's looking at symptoms, different things can happen. Like if you have sleep apnea, you can have some symptoms that look like ADHD. If you have anxiety, you people with ADHD have anxiety. People with autism have anxiety. Often that anxiety maybe might manifest a little bit differently, like in autism, it might be an environmental thing, or in ADHD, it might be related to something else. But the idea is, as you take a look at these things, you put it together. As much as we'd like to say there's a science to this, there's a little bit of an art that I've learned over the years dealing with people with ADHD. I've, I've dealt with some experts, and I've had people before that were diagnosed with ADHD that later found out they had ADHD and bipolar, or they had ADHD and OCD that kind of came out a bit later. One was kind of masking the other. Here's my point. If you're going to go get a diagnosis, typically what happens is you sit down with a mental health professional, you explain your history, and then they go through the examination as your life. What are your report cards, traffic tickets, violations? They're looking for the history of information in order for them to hone that down and make a, you know, a proper diagnosis. A really good person can maybe discern the difference to identify really what's kind of going on, and it's really important maybe understand what's at play because it's hard to treat something if you don't know what you're treating. This should be really a labor-intensive process in order to get it right because you're looking at your, your patterns of life. I've had people come to me and say, you know, they went somewhere and they got, they were asked 10 questions and they got a diagnosis. Based off of what I've described, that doesn't seem to me to be a thorough review of the situation if you're just being given a questionnaire. Uh, some people go to um, a mental health professional for diagnosis and they'll spend you know hours there doing different tests and different types of things reviewing of history in order to kind of understand the cognitive process in order to make again a proper diagnosis so that's kind of the process and I think it's important to understand that 
Now, another thing that's important is to realize that in order to do this, you often have to have money or insurance um, to be able to go and sit down and have the time to go do that. And not everybody actually have access to that. So let's do this. I want to go to a commercial break. But really what I want you to take away from this piece of it is, is the diagnosing process of a, a mental health issue or a behavioral issue um, isn't as cut and dry as a re- physical ailment and that if you're going to get a proper diagnosis, it needs to be somewhat thorough going through your history to look for reoccurring patterns, what's there to identify it. So with that, our secret word tonight is telehealth. Our secret word is telehealth, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here having a conversation about ADHD and telehealth, um, sharing my thoughts and insights to kind of help uh, you think about really what uh, what make, makes some sense for you in this particular space. Before the break, I was really trying to define, you have a physical ailment, the doctor asks you for your history, they do an uh, an examination of you, and then they run tests to identify a diagnosis. In the ADHD world or, or mental health or behavioral world, they're going to rely on the history that's offered by the patient. They're going to do kind of an examination of looking at the behavioral symptoms, observing you know, like um, what's going on, and then categorize those behavioral symptoms um, to qualify for a di- diagnosis. The behavioral side is not as cut and dry. There's a lot more subjectivity, and there's a lot more variable factors that are there. Now, in order to do this, there's a certain level of privilege in order to have that happen. You've, you've got to have the money. You've got to have access to care. One of the things that is a bit of a challenge for some people is they don't have money or they live in a location where there's, there's really not care available or more limited care. Um, if you're also going to go uh, get help with these types of things. Often you've, you've got to be in the right location and you've got to be able to travel. Um, and sometimes that means you need to have time off of work to be able to go do that. And then there's other costs that are incurred, like maybe parking, et cetera. The idea here really is that getting mental health help or, or behavioral help is really kind of a privilege that is not available to some people for financial reasons, uh, locations, or actually the ability to access that care. With the pandemic, telehealth actually removed a lot of those barriers. So there's many people in many locations that had access to care or the ability to go do that um, really for the first time, which is great. In what I have heard from this, some have people have had some very good experiences with this, and some people have had more challenging experiences. Process, what I've heard, um, sometimes there's some long evaluations, but also sometimes there's a more of a 30-minute consultation that's taking place in order for that diagnosis to take place. 
I also would understand that there's some organizations that do uh, telehealth that are like focused on one particular condition. That raises a concern. Um, there's an old saying, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, is that they're kind of focused on that and they might not necessarily see other types of things that might be associated with that. So as a general rule, it's helpful if you've got somebody who understands the full breadth of behavioral disorders um, because they're more apt to see and make distinctions of what's going on with regard to um, the condition that's at hand. So again, this is a little bit different show, but I really wanted to emphasize here is that um, access to mental health care is a privilege, and there are many barriers, financial location, the ability to take time off, travel, go get treatment, et cetera, that can really kind of get into the way. And with the pandemic, things were relaxed, and people who couldn't have care could actually do it, uh, access for that for the first time. So let's go to another break. We're going to come back and kind of pull this together, uh, at least my thoughts. Again, our secret word tonight is telehealth, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The TimeTimer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here talking about ADHD telehealth, thoughts and insights. Um, Again, pandemic came about, um, some rules were relaxed, people were able to access care for the first time, um, some, many times where they couldn't, so there's, you know, access to care is somewhat privileged, so it broke down those walls, that's a good thing. As I described at the beginning, in order to get a, a diagnosis, I, I think it's really important that you get a comprehensive diagnosis from somebody who knows what they're doing, and um, as you go out into the world, if you're somebody who interested in telehealth, I think there's a few things that, that's important to note. One is uh, recognize you're looking for a comprehensive exam. There are a bunch of uh, telehealth companies that are targeting specific diagnosis. And so there's a certain amount of your self-diagnosis that takes place when you're going to these. And if you think that you have ADHD and you're going to a place that only diagnoses ADHD, probably a pretty good chance you're going to get a diagnosis of ADHD. And if that's not it, you might not have as good of an experience as that's kind of going on. I would encourage you to seek out um, uh, telehealth organizations that are very somewhat comprehensive. Um, Spend some time getting your history. um, Get the data in on your life experience. As I said, report cards, driver's records, you know, those types of things, maybe even uh, reviews from work, et cetera, to review those to get a proper diagnosis. 
and if that happens, it's it's a great it's a great setting, a great thing for telehealth, and a lot of people can get a lot of help. Conversely, if uh, you're dealing with an organization that is uh, uh, got a short interview process, not asking a lot of comprehensive information, I would encourage you to do uh, some research. I'm not saying that they're bad, but it's just really – this is just kind of a mindset to arm you with uh, thought to think about as you kind of go into this process to see what really makes a lot of sense. It's been a unique show for us. It's relatively short, but I just really wanted to get that, this out there for people to begin to think about what's, uh, what's there and what really makes a lot of sense. Um, again, our secret word tonight is telehealth, and with that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week for another one. Take care. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.